condolences go out to a certain individual who got dismissed by his delicious girlfriend. Relax, man. No one knows you. Keep that head up, Dad. To save his reputation, he took a bet to turn the class outcast into the most popular girl in school. But the last thing he expected... Am I a bet? Am I a stupid bet? ...was to fall for her. I feel just like Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman, except for that whole hooker thing. She's all that. Welcome back to Old Millennials Remember Movies. I'm Angela Yoshiko. And I'm Tyler. And I... We watched this movie, didn't we? We did watch a little movie called She's All That. And we are going to get into it about it tonight. Yep. But before we get into it, let's uh, talk about what we've been watching recently. Yeah. I have not been to the movie theater in a a long time. It's been a while. You know, I did have movie pass there for a while, so I felt like better about going to the movie by myself, movies by myself, Mm -hmm. since I don't have it anymore because I canceled it because it sucks because it's dumb. Um, (laughs) I haven't gone, so I've just been sticking to the old Netflix and Hulu. Um, I got back into Luke Cage. I didn't really finish that um, season that finished last year, and there's a new season out, so I refinished season one. I'm halfway through season two. Um, I really like that move uh, show. Show it's a show on Hulu. What I find fascinating about the how you watch these shows, you don't seem to have any clue about what one because there's a, all those Marvel Netflix shows have an order. But yeah, I don't care about the order. It's it doesn't fine. seem like you care. That's fine. No, I'm like, what? Who's this Iron Fist guy? And then it was like Jessica Jones. They, she, I haven't seen her. In any of the episodes I've watched recently. I think they were all in that... They did some Defenders episodes where all four of them were in it. Defenders? What's Defenders? That's when all four of them get together. Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist. I think they did a season called The Defenders. Ooh, that sounds fun. And it was like eight episodes. And I think what you're watching... I don't... See, I don't know because I've only watched the first season of Daredevil, which I like. They're just not caught up. What I do like about it is you don't have to watch them in order. Okay. Because Luke Cage is set in Harlem. It really kind of is a self-contained story. It doesn't talk about, like, what's... I mean, it does reference the incident. What's the incident? The the incident that's in the other Marvel movies. With the alien ship. So there's some weaponry that came from... Like, from the first Avengers? Whatever. <laughs> whatever movie. <laughs> where, yeah. I don't know where they are in the timeline of the show, so I don't know. I think... Yeah, which uh, which movie did well, they the haven't gone to ship an... crash down? Well, I think that's like there was an invasion of New York and like yeah. in the Avengers. Yeah, they they reference that as the incident. Okay, and so there's weapons because people okay. have still stolen some of that so technology earlier in the in the frame. I mean, it takes place earlier because now I mean I mean the movies are way far past that. But yeah, yeah. gotcha. But okay. it sticks to Harlem, and I I think all the actors are really good, and it's a you know a show that features a lot of black actors, which is nice, and kind of just talks about like big issues and small issues and i don't know you know if we we were a popular podcast uh we would get like a thousand notes about our getting all the top the chronology wrong of uh netflix uh marvel things like oh oh, the incident is this or that yeah who can keep track i don't know i can't i'm a casual viewer so sorry more than i i haven't watched it so yeah, so that's kind of the series that I'm into right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we also watched some uh, stand-up comedy, which we've been me- I've been meaning to get around to. Um, we watched Dimitri Martin, who mm-hmm. uh, his recent special on Netflix. He's just he's funny. What I like about him is he's got sort of a Norm Macdonaldness about him, in mm-hmm. the way that some of his jokes are are kind of puns or right. you know the kind of clean, but not cl- clean. He's not like a clean comic, but I don't know. How would you? 
yeah. describe him. Well, he's distinct for a lot of different reasons. He had that show for a little while, and he has that little... Uh, he had a show? Yeah, he had like a comedy special show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he's got the the, the whiteboard of a poster board where he does like visual jokes. His that's drawings. Very, his drawings, that's very much him. He's pulls out a guitar every now and again. But yeah, some of the jokes are... They they see he's a type of comic who will tell like kind of p- some pun like jokes, but they're usually pretty funny and and it's mm-hmm. all in the delivery. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of like the Norm Macdonald thing, which we uh, we did watch some of that Norm Macdonald show as well. Um, but you know, it's been some, he'd gotten some trouble before the yeah, show. Yeah, Norm out. shot his mouth off like he usually does and pissed off some people. Did but at the dumb. end, at the end of the day. He himself didn't do anything wrong. So, so far, so far. That we know about. Um, so you've watched more episodes of that show than I have, but I've watched... Um, who, who have I watched? You watched M. Night Shyamalan, which is a good good tie-in because he actually mentions She's All That in that interview. Yes. Um, um, and Jane Fonda. You saw the Jane Fonda one, which is probably the probably the one that's getting the most attention of all those episodes just because it's they've got a certain something going on when they, they're flirting a little bit definitely there's a little flirtation back and forth look i really like norm mcdonald's comedy i thought his uh press <laughs> tour was disastrous and he made it it was really bad like yeah he, like i i get almost to the point where I'm worried about the show, <laughs> not surviving, because I really like the show. It is pretty much the podcast he was doing beforehand. It's not for everybody. I understand that it seems like it's purposely not funny or purposely unstructured, and I personally like that kind of thing, and I like where the conversations tend to go. Not every episode is great, but most of them are pretty funny, and most of them are pretty good. Uh, the Jane Fonda one is really good. I liked uh, the Drew Barrymore one. I liked the oh, Judge I Judy one. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... The Chevy Chase one's fun. The Michael, yeah, I think they're all pretty solid, honestly. What I like about it is it feels different. Mm-hmm. So even though sometimes when I'm watching it, I feel sort of uncomfortable, right? Because I'm like, it's uncomfortable because he's so awkward, purposely and intentionally awkward, right? Um, but I kind of like that because it's a it's a new and different in just the right ways. I think. I hope that his apologies were sincere and that people can move on from that and I hope that the show survives because I think there's something there that would be good. I know that Netflix dumped its other talk shows which I thought was kind of a bad I mean some of the people that they dropped were pretty talented. I know that that's a problem but that was those shows were like trying to be more topical, trying to go week to week. This is more like you don't have to know what's going on in the news to follow it. I can you can binge watch them. So Maybe that's the thing that makes it survive. I think it's more like the David Letterman show, which is only like they've only done a few of those specials. Yeah. Um, just a longer conversation. So I, I mean, yeah, look, I can't defend what he said, but I hope that maybe he, we can keep it because I think he's funny. Yeah. He's a funny guy. I think if you like Norm, you should definitely check his show out. Um, one of the things I like the most is how uncomfortable he makes his guests feel at times. Yes. Where they're like, they don't know like, is he fucking with me? Or is he trying to be funny? Right. How am I supposed to respond? That's, I, yeah, if you like Norm Macdonald comedy, you will like his show. If yeah. you do not, you will hate it. And so there's Yeah, so the... why would you watch it? Yeah, so there you go. That's pretty much that. Uh, that's called Norm Macdonald Has a Show. Which is fantastic name for a show. Because, yeah, sure, because it is the song. Yeah. Uh, um, another um, thing we watched on Netflix, a stand-up comedy special by um, Hannah Gadsby. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a longtime comedian. 
Um, this was pretty, but like I, when after you told me you, tr- you turned this on, it occurred to me that this was a pretty buzzworthy uh, special. It's hard because Netflix puts out so much of these specials now that I mean I get behind and I don't. I mean there's several that I haven't seen, but then you come to learn that we're a little maybe behind it on this. Oh one, yeah, totally I guess because this was it. a pretty big deal that this came out. I guess or mm-hmm. what she ends up doing because the comedy special begins very normally and then it has a big shift in the middle. Yes, where she. shares her some just real feelings about comedy and her role in the gay and lesbian um, world, community, culture, and how she's put, you know, a lot of pressure put on her to represent that culture Mm -hmm. and to do things a certain way. And at the end, I think she shares her story truthfully and strips the comedy away from it. And it was very uncomfortable to watch it but also very touching and moving. And it was really nice to see a comedian. Comedians do that self-deprecating humor. And she kind of talks about how she's built a career on self-deprecating humor, but that eventually you just can't sustain that. She's torn herself down too much and she gets really raw and really vulnerable with her audience. It was really surprising because the special starts out with that self-deprecating humor and she's really funny. Like Mm -hmm. those stories are really funny. But then when she kind of goes on to explain about like how much it's personally like just eating at her to look down at, I mean, what she considers to be looking down on herself and making jokes about her situations. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it was surprising. It was really powerful to watch. Um, I, it, it's hard to classify it as a comedy special. I, it, mm-hmm. It's like a, a one-person show. It, it, I don't. I'm curious to know what she does next. I, I it, to me, I don't even know if it's something that she toured with. If, if she does this, has had done this performance more than once, or if they just did it for the special. So I'm really curious to see what that is for her. Um, but I thought it was. Uh, immensely powerful and i did not know what you put on i did not who, yeah. know who she was i it was it didn't occur to me what was going i mean i it didn't i didn't even understand i thought she was funny to start off with but i didn't know like well why like of all the ones we were behind on i was like oh you chose this one interesting because you would you've been rec- you'd recommend it had been recommended to you yeah a couple of my friends had shared like oh this was really powerful and interesting and hopefully can inspire other people to share similar stories it was, was good like hmm, okay what's this about i would recommend that yeah I haven't. I hadn't really heard about her before this. I think she's really popular in Australia. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know who she was at all. Yeah. So that's what I've been watching. Yeah. Tyler, you've actually made it to the theater recently. I have. Well, okay. So I've I've seen some stuff. I'll start <laughs> off with. Uh, uh, there was a a period where Stars was free on our cable, for like a weekend. Yeah. Who doesn't love free cable? Or not Stars. Uh, Showtime. Showtime. Sorry. It was Showtime. But oh, I didn't Showtime realize garbage. I didn't realize it in, until like it was gonna go away at midnight, and I think I turned it on at like nine o'clock, and I was like, "Oh, it's free until midnight." So I thought, like, "All right, well, what's on here?" You know, like I wasn't gonna start a series because I know Showtime has their shows and all that, but I don't, I don't have time for that. I'm gonna see if what kind of movies maybe I missed that was on Showtime, and I only really found two like newish movies that I hadn't seen. One was mm-hmm. called Cell which is a Stephen King adaptation. 
Not uh, to be book. confused with The, the Cell, Cell. Nope. with Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. Right, that came out like 2000 era. Ooh, that's a movie oh, we man. could do. I think it's on the list. That was a, oh man, I love that movie. It, have you watched it recently? Sure haven't. Not Interesting. Since, <laughs> not since it came out. I have. 18 years ago. You have? I've seen it uh, within the last couple years. Yeah, yeah. you'll watch anything it was on, on, like on HBO. cable with J-Lo. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. Okay, so this wasn't The Cell, this was Cell. Cell, and it was a Stephen King book. Stephen King like wrote the screenplay to this and it was barely released, but I was in it for uh, the stars are John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson, who had made 1408, which was a Stephen King story. So they've done this kind of thing before. This is a movie where cell, a cell phone signal goes off and everybody that has their phone on, uh, they turn. it's like supposed to be kind of like zombies, but they're not. They're kind of like mad, crazy they're acting crazy murderous, I guess. Um, that's a variety of zombies. Sure. I, that's what I thought. It, it, they're trying to, like, kind of play that part down, but it's definitely, like, a zombie thing. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's wretched. It's just... Uh, <laughs> Real bad? It's 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 almost unwatchable. Uh, but you watched it. I You know, I even... Because I, I was running out of time, so I was like, well... Like, I didn't want to, like, give up on it completely, but there was... It just was so horribly paced that I, I kind of, like, put it on double speed for a little while, and... Just try to burn through a lot of it. It's so weird to see. John Cusack makes a lot of these. He'll work. He works a lot, and so he ends up on a lot of these like straight to video things. This was barely released, mostly a VOD thing. So he seems pretty tired through the whole thing. Sam Jackson's not yelling, so he seems pretty tired through the whole thing. And oh, it's just it's so cheaply made. The ending doesn't make any sense. I. I, I it's bad. There's a reason why it was not released very well. <laughs> it was apparently people like that book, but I, you know, I don't know. Stephen King adaptions are, you know, they can get either pretty okay or they can be real. What I find fascinating is that he like was involved in the screenplay process, though. Uh, yeah, no, not good. The other one was a little movie called The Bye Bye Man. Now I heard about what? The Bye Bye Man. It's just like a January horror movie that had come out, but. That was gathering some steam as being kind of like one of these kind of really bad, kind of funny bad movies. Like, it's just so ridiculous. The acting in it is... Oh, man. <laughs> There's no... It's not scary by any means. It, the It's about a... If you say the name, which I've already done now, mm -hmm. uh, you get haunted or you get chased by this guy. It's kind of like... I think it was trying to be like a, a Slender Man thing. Like, that's a... People, that's a thing. That a current, current-ish thing. Right, but they were didn't have the Slender... They made a Slender Man movie, but now it kind of feels like that. And it was this this guy that's just like a guy, a tall guy with a dog. I don't even know if that's right. Ah, Jesus. And uh, it's just... the. I mean, it's so bad. There's just like, don't say it. Don't, don't say it. Don't make me say it. And uh, there's a lot of that going on in it. And then when they do, and then it's just like this, like, pseudo relationship thing about oh man it is so bad so my lesson was is that i don't need to get showtime because those are the only two movies that i was like okay i haven't seen these because they were bad i don't think it i i can see why it would be fun for like certain horror fans to like laugh at but i don't know that was it was i, I started see i was able to start it because if you start it before midnight they'll let you finish it oh so that's but it was a not I mean, worth i was it. just tired because it wasn't good not worth it. Um, let's see. Ooh, okay, so then I watched another thing I watched on a Netflix original film. We have a lot of Netflix things today. Uh, it was this movie called, uh, For All the Bl Oh, man. To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Oh. 
And it is a romantic comedy about a girl who is – she's kind of shy. She's in high school and she accidentally – she's used to write letters. She wrote like five letters to old crushes including like her sister's ex-boyfriend that she was in madly in love with these these boys. She wrote a letter but she didn't mail them, see. But she addressed them and she just put them in a box. Well – that's never a good Something, idea. Yep, Guys, look, that's never a good idea. At one point, they all get out, and they all get sent out, and all the boys that she wrote these letters to get these letters, and it causes some complications in her life. It's okay. It's pretty good. For a Netflix <laughs> uh, movie, I liked the lead actress. I can't think of her. She's like a Asian-American. She was like in the X-Men Days of Future Past. Maybe it's Jubilee, maybe. Just a small, you know, She's this is kind of a breakout thing for her. She's pretty good in it. I had heard – the only reason I watched it because I did – I'd heard some really good things about it being like one of the better ones because Netflix puts out a lot of movies now um, that are theirs and to the point where you can't watch them all and nor should you because most of them aren't very good. But this one was like solid. I could see that this one – this one could have probably been in a theater and, and played fine. It was enjoyable enough. That's that. Oh, and then, uh, okay, so then I saw one thing in theaters called A Simple Favor. This is the thriller, I guess, I think it was advertised as a thriller. I don't remember seeing a trailer maybe once, but it's like a thriller where uh, Anna Kendrick is playing like a mom. It's very much her Anna Kendrick-ness, sweet, and uh, just very her own specific kind of way, you know? Mm -hmm. And then she befriends Blake Lively's character. Blake Lively is more of a free spirit type, and the simple favor is, is that she is asked... Anna Kendrick to just pick her son up from school one day and to, as a favor she's got to go run an emergency well then Blake Lively's character goes missing and it's got this very much the vibe is supposed to be like gone girl girl on the train these like sudsy thrillers mm-hmm. uh you know domestic thrillers what do you mean by sudsy? Sudsy. Thriller? Well like uh sudsy I kind of like you know like it's a paperback novel like a like a little bit, there's some sex stuff in there, sudsy, you know, a little bit of violence, violence, okay. sex, okay. but females, you know, with the female lead character, this kind of thing. Um, it's directed, and I think this is the tip-off to the movie, it's directed by Paul Feig. Paul Feig is the director of Bridesmaids, and he did the Ghostbusters reboot, he did Spy, which is, I think is really underrated with Melissa McCarthy, and so it's very, I think it's very funny from the get-go, there's the interaction between the two characters. First of all, Anna Kendrick, I don't think has been better. In a, I mean, I like Anna Kendrick, but this is just like using her exact uh, mannerisms to the perfect degree. This is like a great role for her. And then Blake Lively, kind of the same thing. Like you're really kind of utilizing what these two actresses are kind of known for, for like a good dynamic between the two. They have good chemistry together. And it's funny. They have a funny dynamic, and then you get flashbacks because she disappears, but they get flashbacks of things that have gone on. And uh, it's it has all the regular twists and turns of, like, a Gone Girl type, a lot of, you know, mayhem and, and mystery. But I think that it is really funny all the way through to the point where even the things, the plot developments are ridiculous, I think, a little bit on purpose. And I felt like I was in the theater with quite a bit of people – and they were laughing at some parts that were kind of obvious things that were funny, but I found myself like trying to contain some of the laughter for some of the plot development stuff because it very much felt like they were doing this intentionally. Like we're we're having fun with this premise a little bit more than 
someone who's maybe not a comedy director, they'd probably play it a little bit more seriously. Not to say that it's like goofing on it, because I don't think it's goofing on it completely. It has this weird balance where it's able to kind of take the the mystery seriously, but also like just kind of undercut it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the the script is really sharp and really funny. I really liked it. I I didn't I don't remember the trailer at all, but it I think it's a really funny dark comedy that has two really good performances in it. Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively, who I've Blake you've, Lively. You've hated on her in the past a little I, she's, bit, Tyler. She can be no, I like her in some things. What did I dog on her about? Uh, I think about her, you you always say, God, they just keep trying to make her into something. Um I to, yeah, in some movies it does seem that way. But there was that one where she was like a, it was a mystery one. I don't like her so much in like I like her in something like this. I think she was really good in The Shallows, that shark movie. Uh, she's good in the Town, Ben Affleck's movie. So I think you just have to use her right. Anna Kendrick has kind of the same. You can really put Anna Kendrick in a box, and she'll give you that Anna Kendrick performance. And I like this because it gives a little bit of that edge. It uses that uh, niceness mm-hmm. to its advantage, I think, and lets the character kind of breathe in a new way. And I, and I also think she's got a really good comic timing. So when you're able to kind of tap into that and you can tap into Blake Lively, who's kind of just this opposite, it works really well. I, I, I would say that anybody who was a doubtful of either of their abilities should watch the movie because I think they're both excellent in it. So that was the movie I saw in the theaters. It was good. Simple so favor. That's, that's what you've been watching. Yeah. You watch something else, but you can't talk about it till our next episode, where we will be talking about a little movie. It's not going to be our next episode, is it? You we'll watch so? it. We'll watch it. Yeah, we'll talk about it okay. later. Well, well, what a tease. What a tease. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Okay. The movie we are talking about today yeah. is She's All That. Before we jump into what we remember about it, uh-huh. let me get into the high stats. Oh, yes, high stats. High stats. So, She's All That. Mm-hmm. Came out in January of 1999. January? January. That's a good indicator. <laughs> right? Crappy movies come out in January. Hey, you know, I've seen... September's usually a dumping ground, and I The Simple Favor came out in September, and it was good. So, you know, maybe dumping grounds aren't always everything. Maybe not always, but what Tyler's taught me over the years, and I have now witnessed for myself, is that December's the month where they try to scoot in all the really good movies for the Oscars. And they'll spill over. Like, some of those will go wide in January. So then you'll see them maybe in January. But ones that are released in January, <laughs> those are the ones that are like, well, no one needs to remember this by next Oscar season. That's true. They Split came out in January, and they're putting out the glass uh, follow-up. That's fantastic. In I, January. Yeah, let's let's make January better, but historically, yeah, no. sucky time to you're, come out. You're making a good point. Okay, it was rated PG-13. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, side note, thinking of PG-13, you're going to be mad at me for asking this, but what's Star Wars rated? Off the top of your head? Like the old Star Wars? Any of the Star Wars movies? I believe the older ones are PG because most of them came out before the changed. They added PG-13. Because... And then there are the new ones. Um, well, Phantom Menace, I think, is PG, but I think the other two might be... How about the newer ones with BB-8? Uh, Phantom Menace... Or not Phantom... Uh, the Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, I believe, are both PG-13. I would guess. I'm not a positive. I'm pretty sure the newest one is PG-13. How old do you think our kids need to be before they are allowed to see it? The new uh, Star... Well, I mean, I've shown them bits with the robots. I haven't mm-hmm. shown the whole movie. It depends. The kids were doing some kids yoga 
on mm-hmm. the, the YouTube. Yeah. And the theme one they were doing today was Star Wars. So the lady was like talking through the Star Wars uh, scenes. So they're super into it. And they were like, she's like, BB-8. And they're like, ah, oh, BB-8. So then Marion was like, are we old enough to watch that movie yet? Oh, I would start them with, uh, I well, I, we, I was going to start them with the first, like, Star Wars. I thought, I think it's appropriate to, like, start where they need to start. Like at what age? Yeah, I think Marion's ready for it. Um, our oldest. I think it just depends on the kid. Like, because five year old copies everything. Well, that's the problem. Like, I think he he gets real excited. But I've seen it's we're really not like great parents. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, it, we're inconsistent because <laughs> I mean it just kind of depends. I would say, like, like for example, the reasons why like Last Jedi and The Force Awakens are PG thirteen are probably because it gets a little intense in spots and maybe. The, and then I think like, well, they probably wouldn't be that interested in those parts of the movie anyway. Yeah. They want to see. Oh, I can show them BB eight in the casino getting coins spit in like into them. That's funny. They would probably That's like funny. that. But you know, watching the whole movie, I don't know if they'd go through it and really enjoy it. But it depends. So uh, sorry for the tangent. So right. uh, she's all that mm-hmm. is rated PG thirteen. How long did you think that movie was? Oh, it's like. It has to be like 87 minutes. No. Hour and 35 minutes. We somehow got over that 90 minute mark. It, well, let me be clear. It's 80, it's 95 minutes, but it, it, it's an excruciating 95 minutes. Fun fact, they, they wanted to add length to the movie. Oh, no kidding. So, uh. <laughs> they had to pad it? I'm shocked. So they padded it with, uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s now wife. Uh, Buffy? Buffy uh, Sarah the Vampire. Sarah Jessica, Sarah Jessica Yeah. That so whole she, scene is new? So it was a last minute ad. That yeah. whole sequence in the gym, in the lunchroom, then in the lunchroom where she cameo, oh, she's what sitting a at the terrible lunch table. scene. But she's only in it; she doesn't speak in the movie. She doesn't. But that um, whole, I'm guessing that means that whole scene was added. Probably. I heard that they didn't. I read that they also added like the prom. They weren't even going to yeah, have the prom. Probably. Oh my god. Um. Also, fun fact: you'll um the school that this is shot in is also f- the same school in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. The movie, not the show. Oh, okay, sure. And then um, on not another teen movie. Okay, great, scene. yeah. Which I, well, we'll get to that, but. Yeah. So what was the box office? Oh, hold on. Hold oh, on, okay. I didn't know where. I'm just going all on all sorts of tangents. What okay. did I talk about? Um, It was directed by mm-hmm. Robert Iscoff. Don't know who that is. Not, nope. Written by R. Lee Fleming Jr. Right, and but we will learn that there yes. is some debate over the credit and who takes credit yes. for it. It stars Freddie Prince Jr. Uh-huh. Uh, did, I did not realize Prince was spelled with a Z. Yeah, Prince's. Prince's. Prince. He has a, well, yeah, Freddie, Freddie Prince. Prince. Well, yeah, he has his father, too, that was that way, too. Well, sure. I, I My father also had No, but he's an actor. He was an I'm just saying <laughs> that he's, like, known. I'm just I'm just saying. Um, and Rachel Lee Cook right. as Lainey Boggs. Matthew Lillard as Brock Hudson. What a great name for a movie. Brock Hudson. Uh, yeah, I got a fun fact about that, too. And then um, Paul Walker right. is also oh. in this. And we'll talk about some of the other characters. Sure. Let's get into the box office. What do you think it costs to make this movie, Taylor? $30 million. <laughs> it's Not an even. estimated budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, they estimate $10 million. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, opening weekend grows $16 million. Right. Um, domestic, 63 Worldwide, $103 million. Like, this was a hit. And, uh, like, I think Ugh. we were watching that M. Night Shyamalan movie, where they, or M. Night Shyamalan interview, where he said, because he is did a pat, he did a rewrite on the movie, not credited, but... They were talking about this was like the most successful movie of Mirror Max had released at the time or something like that, which is um, – blows my mind because the movie opens up with a, a Mirror Max, uh, you know, sign or pick, you know, their opening title. And it says 20th anniversary of Mirror Max on there, which is just crazy. But it has a different connotation nowadays, of course, because, you know, 
uh, Miramax. What about Miramax? Some people may have forgotten now with all the more, even more recent. Oh, well, Miramax used to be the Weinstein companies uh, before they went off and did calling themselves the Weinstein Company. And we know that guy, uh, well, he's a dirtbag. When did that, that happen a few years ago, didn't it? What? The Bob Weinstein the Harvey Weinstein? Harvey Weinstein. It was like a year ago. It wasn't that long ago. It just feels like there's been so much. There's that a lot was of it. a long that time That was a ago. big one. <laughs> but yeah. Well, it's been over a year since that one. But okay. yeah. But no, that, yeah, Miramax was, I think Disney might still have their Miramax name, but I don't know if they use it very much for anything, so. Okay. Well, before we uh, talk about uh, the incredibly moving and um, sophisticated Stop plot, <laughs> um, what do you, what did you remember about She's all that. So before we watch the movie, we sit down, and in 30 seconds, we just jot down what we remember um, from when we last saw it. And what did you remember, Tyler? This is what I wrote down. I said, there's a bet where Paul Walker and Matthew Lillard challenge Freddie Prince Jr. to make over the most unpopular slash weirdest girl in school and turn her into the prom queen. It's super easy, though, because they pick Rachel Lee Cook, who is gorgeous, but wears glasses and likes art. Oh, no. How terrible. That's, That's a really good memory. I think I got it wrong though because Matthew Lillard does not have anything to do with that. Matthew Lillard is a completely side, oh, yeah. a complete side character in this movie. Where did you mention him? I, I said that it was Paul Walker and Matthew Lillard were the oh. one who challenged him because I remember Matthew Lillard being in the movie. Yeah, but he has very little to do with anything that goes on, and they someone at the studio obviously like thought like oh man this is the only guy that's popping in this movie to the point where they like keep adding scenes that don't matter yeah. where he's in them and he still has it disappears after an hour because he doesn't have he's like he plays a guy who was on the real world who's dating like Freddie Prince Jr.'s ex-girlfriend but she's not in the movie very much either so mm-hmm. therefore he's not in the movie very mm-hmm. much and they like just try to keep finding reasons to bring him in cuz he's like being quote unquote funny but it doesn't matter to the movie. It sure doesn't. What did you write? Uh, so you got pretty. You're pretty close there. Yeah. Um, I wrote uh, a cool, hot Freddie Prince Jr. Yep. Makes a bet or something to take the ugly nerd artsy girl out. Fast forward through the blah blah blah, and she takes off her glasses and puts on a dress and is super hot. He stands her up a prom. Which wasn't correct. Not correct. That didn't quite happen. Um, he actually falls for her, so puts up some pretty lights for a homemade prom and all is forgiven. Typical 90s sex is bullshit. Yeah. That's pretty much what you I got remembered. The, you got the ending right. I sure did. I actually, that was the most accurate thing I wrote. Yeah, that, in, in you my, got the ending of the movie right. Capture. The whole, like, uh, because the trailer for this thing was, uh, they showed... Rachel, like, she was walking down the stairs, that Kiss Me song. That was, like, the song of oh. the time. And it was that little moment where she's walking slow, and she's in the red dress, and she's got her she's hair down. She's coming down the stairs. And then in the movie, she spent hours putting on mm, a little bit more makeup and getting she, a haircut. She wears makeup in the movie. Yeah. She's wearing makeup already. They put on mm, a little bit more. Yeah. Take her glasses off. She's like, whoa, contacts. Oh, shit, I'm hot now. It's so weird. <laughs> um, speaking that of... That was pretty early, though. Speaking of the glasses, mm-hmm. I'd like to move into our segment called What Did Roger Say? Say. So Roger Ebert was a critic. He's no longer alive. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Tyler loved Roger Ebert. I do. Thought he'd grow up to be Roger Ebert. Turns out... Flash forward twenty years, everybody's a goddamn movie critic. We're in a we're in a fucking basement. <laughs> we're in a basement <laughs> recording a podcast to nobody. To nobody. Um, but Roger Ebert had some valuable opinions back sure. there. Um, 
He ranked on how many star ratings? Four. Four stars. So, for out of four stars, what do you think he gave this? Uh, this a uh, great movie. Well, I would hope that he gave it one star. It's no, I, no more. That's frustrating. Um, <laughs> I don't know what what was okay. I don't know what's going on with this thing, this movie, because it made money. It has a reputation of people our age as being like good. And now you're telling me that Roger Ebert might have given it a pass? Like, maybe, what, two stars? More. Oh, fuck off. I can't do it. He didn't go a full three. Okay. Well, but he did God. do a two and a half. Oh, my God. And he has lots of nice things to say about no. it. No. No. So I'd like to highlight some of those nice things. Nope. Okay, go ahead, but it, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he talks about the plot, and then he says, he's talking about the bet, blah, blah, blah. Then he says, there's fun in the plot, but there's more fun around the edges. That's true. Mm-hmm. Matthew Lillard is around the edges. Mm-hmm. I would say that that's true. He is fun in the movie, or at least 1999 version of teenage movie fun. Mm-hmm. That's very much Matthew Lillard's MO mm-hmm. as an actor. So, yes, I could see how that was fun at the time. Um, will Lainey undergo a startling transformation, he says. What do you think? And then he says, I wanted to applaud when Zach unleashed the classic line, Do you always wear those glasses? So when he says I wanted to applaud, did he mean like in a in like a bad applaud way? Okay, so I don't know. This is technically based on like an old like play, Pygmalion, and I think like My Fair Lady. That's right. exactly what he references. Okay. He says, "Of course, it's an unbreakable rule of this formula that the ugly duckling is a swan in disguise." Rachel Lee Cook is in fact quite beautiful, as was Audrey Hepburn, you will recall in My Fair Lady. Right. Just once I'd like to see the Pygmalion formula applied to a woman who was truly unattractive. So I don't get it. Like is he criticizing or not? I think he's criticizing it there. I think he's saying that uh that that he wished it was going to actually be like an unattractive girl. Okay. He does go on to say, to give the movie credit, it's as bored with the underlying plot as we are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does not matter. Even the prom queen election is only a backdrop for more interesting material, okay. as She's All That explores differences in class and style and peppers its screenplay with very funny little moments. All that is false. But um, <laughs> I got to just I, – this is one thing I have to hone in on. There is this this concept where there's a prom – king and queen election where they vote for prom king and queen it is assumed that freddie prince jr will be voted in as the king but then it becomes like there was a nomination it was freddie prince jr's ex-girlfriend and it's uh rachel lee cook's new someone nominated her and it's a vote between these two to the point where okay there's a vote i don't that's fine i i could see that being in high school i don't remember that at our high school but it's very possible i know there was class president things like that probably was something really but there's, like, active campaigning going on. There's signs all over the school. They're putting up signs. They're, like, campaigning actively, like, oh, vote for me for prom queen. Like, is this a thing that goes on? I don't know. It seems very weird to me. It does seem weird. And, and why it, is it only two girls, then? And why is it that... Is there primary? Why before? is it that the black kids in high school are rapping about the two white girls? Yeah. Would you a, like to hear the rap? Yes, because I Because I have it ready I, to go. I don't, but it's important. Um... It starts off asking, between two girls, which one we gonna pick? I'd rather pick Lainey, because Taylor beats all the shh. She thinks she's all that and everything in between. Well, who's gonna be prom queen? So let's let's uh, tune into this little uh, rap here. Did you just do all the lyrics? No, I only did half of them. Oh, okay. Okay, are you ready? I, I yes. 
Between two girls, which one we gonna pick? pick. I'd rather pick Laney, cause Taylor be talking shit. She thinks she's on a dab with everything in between. But who's about to be prom queen? Laney. Well, Taylor used to be the thing, but now she's not. Laney's going for prom queen and Taylor's hot. But we don't give a damn about Taylor Vaughn. Cause Taylor's fading out and Laney's on. If I can get with Laney, yo, it'd be real cool. With the queen by my side, we run the whole damn school. Yo, keep it on the break and I'ma keep this cool. Cool. Taylor did Zach for a carnival. On for the high school jock named Brock With my man click on the beatbox Lainey Yeah, yeah, she's all that Yeah, Lainey, she's all that Notice how they even padded that <laughs> It goes on longer than it needs to, doesn't it? All this campaigning to be prom queen. Very strange, that happens later Okay, well, we do need to go back to the inciting incident of the movie because there's so many things going on at the beginning of this that we have to talk about. Do we? We do because it's like, like the... Like, who is listening to this who doesn't remember? No, but the, the it's the circumstances around this, okay? So we've got... Because some of the line... Some of the dialogue here because... Okay, this is another one of these movies where, yes, the the man at the end center of it we know is supposed to be a nice guy and he's going to learn a lesson and he's going to get the girl and he's going to be really sensitive and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day... Freddie Prince Jr. is playing a schmuck, and at the end of the movie, he's still kind of a schmuck. Agreed. Right? Like, this guy sucks. Like, he, Agreed. He does. And he um, doesn't but- really learn anything, and he's a he's a dick, and he's just really entitled, and I don't like him, and I don't think he really learns anything. Because the, what he starts out with doing is terrible. Like, okay, so he is broken up with the hot girl or whatever. She's gone off to date Matthew Lillard, who's on The Real World. Paul Walker is his uh, friend, who is like, you can get. Uh, I thought you can get any girl you want. And this is the this is some of the dialogue. There are oh Freddie Prince Jr. He says there are two thousand girls at this school, and I could bump monkeys with every one of them. Oof. Bump monkeys? Oof. What does that even mean? Who says that? It's a weird line of dialogue. It's terrible. I don't remember bumping monkeys. Paul Walker. Okay, we also have to mention this. Paul Walker. God rest his soul was a very bad actor for a lot of the movies he was in, you know including funny? In this one. You know what's funny about that right. is I was just watching a clip of Rachel Lee Cook, and she was, like, answering questions about She's All That, and it was right. just shared on the Today Show, their little YouTube channel, like, this month, mm-hmm. and she talks about Paul Walker, and you know what she says about him? What? She says he was a really talented actor, and that more people need to talk more about that, and she says... If you and she goes, there's a scene in the movie where he's uh, at her house at the end of the movie, trying to convince her to go to prom, and she's trying to s- explain to us that it's a, like a convincing scene. It's not. It's dog shit. He's a terrible actor. Well, because he's already we already know he's playing a schmuck, and we know that he's trying to trick her, and it doesn't come off sincere at all. Because number one, he's played it so broad beforehand, he's broadly villainous that his like subdued portrayal is not. It, it, believable not believable in all. any sense and she's supposed to kind of at least buy into it listen i'm sorry he's n- paul walker I, he's, is a, was mm-hmm. by all accounts a very lovely guy a lovable guy yeah. i like listen i learned i grew to really appreciate him in the fast and furious movies i don't think he's particularly good in the first couple of those movies but later on in the series especially in seven he's the reason why it works and since he the one he's not wasn't in now there's something missing and i think that he has a presence that is valuable, and I miss him in that, and I, I I can appreciate other roles that he's been in. But he also made a lot of movies where he was playing 
not necessarily bad guys, but they were just very poor, un- unbelievable performances. And I would say that this is uh, one of them supremely. It's not a good performance. It's really distracting. And it's all the more distracting because he's got a guy on this, next to him that he's not really a big, big of a character. He's not as villainous. He's more. He's nicer. He tries to be more of Freddie Prince Jr.'s friend. That's a girl, an actor we know, come to know and love as a Dulé Hill. Oh, so love Dulé Hill. Dulé Hill of the West Wing, right before this is ninety nine, so this is probably shot before he got on the West Wing. Um, you know, psych. I think. Uh, well, we, people don't know us, but you and I, uh, we love Dulé Hill. He's amazing, and he is this perfect. So funny, and so this is this is the contrast, right? Because Dulé Hill is very good at being over the top and broad in a way. And in the West Wing, he's more subtle, and I like mm-hmm, that. And, mm-hmm. But on Psych especially, you can see where, like, this the the crazy comic aspect of it. He plays such a crazy... Are you giving me a high five? No, I'm raising my hand. Oh, okay. What is the show Suits that he's in? Oh, I don't... Is he on that show a lot or no? Uh, 18 episodes. Is he, well, that's been on. Maybe he's a newish addition. He's been on Ballers, too. With it the, just says 2017 to 2018. Oh, he might have just been uh, a regular for a season because he was on uh, 18 Ballers. episodes. Let's yeah, no, I think... It. Well, Ballers, he's oh, on, Oh, Ballers, too. he's in 22 episodes. Yeah, he's in quite a bit of that. I think there's like 30 episodes of that, so he's not in every one, but he's in quite a bit of it. And uh, Richard Schiff is also in Ballers a little bit, too, so you got a little oh. bit of a Western crossover. But he was in 120 episodes of Psych. Right. So what I'm saying is, is that in She's All That, he is like so broadly over the top. There's a sequence where they are playing a volleyball montage, which is the most atrocious collection of uh, reaction shots you've ever seen. Oh, of, yeah. Of these 35-year-olds playing <laughs> high school like 20. beach volleyball. And his faces are just so over the top. Like he – someone told him to be like, okay, you're real excited, Dulio. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and I love it. And I love it versus when Paul Walker tried to do it, it's less just, It's less just got lovable. this broness to it that yeah. I don't think is convincing, but whatever. Dulio was in 137 episodes of The West Wing. Yeah, he's in almost the entire run. He was not in um, – the last he was in less of the sixth season and almost not, he was he was only in like four or five episodes of the last season but he was at least in the finale unlike Richard Schiff which was garbage but uh, yeah so you have that you have Dula Hill being underrepresented in the movie they Me make too. a date so Paul Walker bets him uh, he's gonna find the the worst girl in the school the ugliest girl in the school the worst one ever and then what happens Rachel Lee Cook who's wearing overalls and some glasses. Oh my gosh, she trips. She tripped, Angela. What a loser. She's the worst person in the world. She tripped and she likes art. And there's no way that you could make this girl who has uh, an incredible figure and (laughs) a gorgeous actress face who tripped and is wearing glasses into the prom queen. It's impossible. Don't even bother trying. It's Lainey Boggs is her name. It's Rachel Lee Cook. I don't understand. I... The, You'd think that there'd be, a, like, a, even more an attempt to, like, like make her nerdier or... what Uglier or something? Something, because yeah. she's really pretty right yeah. off the bat. <laughs> right in her first scene, I, I think I commented to you, like, if she were in a movie today, that character, she's the cute... She's the manic pixie dream girl. Yes. Like, we have... We've come... We've gone... You know, we finally are moving away from that now, too, thankfully. Yes. But, like, that would be... That would be the Zoe De Chanel, yes. uh, you know, right? It would be that. Totally. We'd be in love with that. Fun fact about her name, Lainey Boggs. Yes, it's a combination of two character names played by Winona Ryder 
as a nod to the fact that the two celebs look similar. Okay. It's a combination of Kim Boggs in Edward Scissorhands. Okay. And Lelena Laney in Reality Bites. Wow. Fun <laughs> fact for you. We were talking about the name Laney Boggs. Yeah, there's some very like movie a, names in the movie. Laney Boggs, yeah. Brock Hudson. Oh, I think I have a fun fact about Brock Hudson, too. He is named after a real student of the same name at St. John's School in Houston, Texas. Well, there's a Rock Hudson, too. Like, that was an Brock actor. Rock Hudson. Yeah, it's a terrible name. What's Freddie Prince Jr.'s character's name? I can't even remember. Zach. Zach something? Oh, and, like, all the character or four of the characters' names are, like, nods to Hanson Brothers, too? Wow. Wow. You can't read that somewhere? Wrote, okay. I can't wrap my head around that. But uh, oh, So then we have all these side characters. So Matthew Lillard is clearly they're trying to, like, they added, like, they very clearly added scenes, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a Culkin, another Culkin. We've been hitting Culkins like crazy on this podcast so mm-hmm. far. It's Kieran Culkin, who's playing Rachel Lee Cook's younger brother. Yep. Kevin Pollock is the dad. Uh, He's mom the is, cool guy. The mom is dead? Gone. No, Gone. she's not dead. She... Gone. Or are we getting confused with another movie? Oh, no. She's dead. In 10 Things I Hate About You, she's gone. Who's the pool guy? <laughs> pool guy's the dad. The dad in this movie or in yes, 10 Things I Hate About movie. You? Okay. The 10 Things I Hate About You is a doctor. And that's, yeah, he's uh, Larry like Miller. OBGYN. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Sorry. 10 Things Start. I Hate About You is a way better movie, by the way. But uh, yes, it is considerably better. So then you have that. And then you have a Z- a rich, mm, Freddie Prince Jr.'s sister is played by... Oscar winner Anna Paquin, mm-hmm. who was in this period of, she won an Oscar when she was a kid, and she was still, she always appeared in stuff, this was right before she was in X-Men, which was a, a pretty prominent series for her, but I I know, I know, I never understand how, she won an Oscar, and she's in like five minutes of this movie, doing nothing, <laughs> like, you you got her, like, I don't, I just don't get it, I don't understand how... They have these people who are immensely talented who are just like, no, we can't use her because... Because I think the type of character she would play is not can't exist in this dumb fucking world of she's I, all that. And she doesn't really. She just is like, let me do your makeup. And that's really the only thing she does. And she goes to the prom for some reason. I can't... Oh, she goes with Freddie Prince Jr. Or they go as brother and sister, which she apparently gets away with. God, how did, This guy must be so popular. He gets away with taking his own sister to the prom. Well, <sighs> tell me, why are you saying that? Huh? What? What do you mean gets away with it? Gets away with it. What do you mean? Well, you know, people don't take their brother and sister to the prom, do they? What? Why? What's wrong with that? I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it, like in this superficial world where he's supposed to go with the most popular girl in the school, I would say it's kind of like a knock that he's going with his sister, don't you think? I don't care. I could care less who he goes for. But I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this world, he was going to go with the most popular girl. He had to come up with a new popular girl or make her popular so he could go with her. And now he's taking his sister, and he's still the prom queen. And by the way, they have a – I'm jumping way ahead, but we have to finish this little thing about this prom king and queen voting. They make a point of saying it's the closest vote in history of the school. And they announce the percentage. It's like 54-46. I was like, that's still pretty convincing. Yeah, fifty-one forty-nine <laughs> is close. Yeah, people. what? But they, apparently they were like, ah, no, can't do that. That sounds so cliche. How could we put fifty-one forty-nine? No one would believe it. So, so like fifty-four forty-six. In the past, it's been like twenty to eighty percent. Yeah, it's always like one girl. I guess yeah. that's what they're trying to say. Um, um, Gabrielle Union's in the movie. Barely, this is but her yes. Film debut. She mm-hmm. was in TV shows before that. It's her first movie. And then she went on. Did you? She did. She's 10 also things in I Ten Things you. I Hate About yep. You the same year. Yep, and she's, I mean, doesn't really do anything in either of the movies, but... I like <laughs> and her, though. I like her, too. I li- I've always liked her. Um, the other one that we have to talk about is Usher. Usher's Usher, in the movie. Usher sure opens is. the movie, 
it, well, he's in the beginning-ish because he's doing a voiceover because he's the DJ of the school. His character name is DJ of the school. I don't know, Radio DJ. He exclusively has filmed his scenes away from everybody else. They really? added him in after. Uh, he's campus on- DJ. Yeah, okay. So he <laughs> is only in the radio box uh, of the of the movie. He clearly was there for a day to shoot those. So then he's at the prom. The prom scene that they added to the movie, apparently. Where... Are you sure they added it? Because they have that whole dance sequence, which is pretty well, yeah, epic. I got it. Was one thought at a time. There's so many terrible things. The dance movie. scene <laughs> is epic. It's and terrible. Fantastic. <laughs> no, it's the worst. And anyway, they have Usher at the prom where he's being the You're DJ. The worst. No, the movie is the worst. Um, <laughs> but they have him in the corner where he's supposed to be in the back of the seat, the set. But it's very clearly, again, he shot his scenes, they put two actors dancing next to him below, but then all the wide shots where he's, like, talking to the crowd, you can't tell who that is in the hat or whatever. He was not there for those scenes. He was not there for the dance sequence. He shot, that was his second day on the film. He shot one day at the radio booth, and he shot a second day on a makeshift booth at at the prom, which he was not there for. For sure. And it doesn't... Like, it's not a role. I don't understand, like, why he's just there because Usher was popular music-wise, and that's it. I don't understand. Nope. It's pointless. I don't get it. So then, yeah, we're jumping way ahead, but we'll just touch on this because it doesn't matter to the plot at all. There's just, we have to introduce the prom that our two characters are not at yet, or maybe one of them is, but they just have this synchronized dance. That they've planned out, like several popular kids are just like, okay, everybody, it's time to do our synchronized like couples dance. I fucking hate it. Why? It's not. It just comes out of nowhere. This is. It doesn't belong in this movie. It doesn't belong in any movie. I mean, you're not wrong. It was added last minute. Yeah, and you um, can tell. Yeah, uh, but you know what? Freddie Prince Jr. He loved, didn't, wasn't dancing. He there. loved that dance scene because he's not in it. That's where he met one of their best friends that ended up marrying him and Buffy the Vampire. Holy the chore- shit. choreographer. Who cares? <laughs> I care about those sort of details. I don't, because it doesn't I matter. Mean, the world might be a different place had that dance scene not been added to this movie. I like dance scenes in lots of movies. I don't like this one, because it doesn't matter. And it's not what the movie... Like, the movie doesn't... It just tries to throw these things in, for like because it's trying to do something that will catch on. It's trying to be a catch-on movie, where teenagers will go and be like, I like that dancing, and I like those guys rapping, and I like Usher, and I like that song where she walks down the stairs. Was Rachel Lee Cook in Psych? She was in, like, an episode, sure. One episode, yeah. okay. Yeah, she guest-starred as somebody doing something, I'm sure. Um, okay, so back to the um, the main plot here, though. So... The plan is, is they've got to get uh, Lainey Boggs to uh, be more popular and to get so that to... she'll get voted as the prom queen. So Freddie Prince Jr. starts coming at her hard, like aggressively. Like he's just like showing up at his her house. She says like, "What are you doing here?" A bunch. Yeah, it gets a little stalker. <laughs> yeah, he like shows show up, up, and she's like, "No thanks." And he's like, "Hey, little brother, can I come and hang out and play Sega with you?" What the fuck? That's that's creepy. It is creepy, and it's because he's popular. It's apparently okay. Now, if it was like a regular guy or like a chubby kid, 
there's no way that you get the cop. Like, Kevin Pollock's calling the cops. But the guy's doing this right. Like, if I were in high school and right. my dad, so the scene is like they're outside their house. Right. I'm just thinking, if I'm in high school and some guy rolls up in his car and is like, hey, can I hang out with you? And I'm like, no, go away. And then he's like, hey, I'll hang out with your little brother. Pretty sure my dad would be like, get the fuck out of here. She yeah. said, get lost. It's terrible. It's creepy, but hey, because he's hot and popular, sure, go for it, guy. It's the worst. Uh, yeah, but he's just doing this a lot. So he also goes, because she's into art, he goes to this performance art thing. This performance art. Per, per like a, the... Uh... Like a poetry reading, but there's more more things going on. Performance art, people doing like dan- interpretive mm-hmm. dances. And he does this per the uh, very wise advice of his sister, played by Anna Paquin, of, you know, you know, you might want to like get to know her. That's some deep shit in that scene. Like, oh, you want to get with a girl, you better, like, pretend to like the things she's interested in. I think Anna Paquin's at least trying to, like, make that sound, like, sort of, sarcastic. Sort of, but it, was, it didn't, no. So we get this performance art thing where we see Rachel Lee Cook part of this, like, dance thing. And it's, listen, it's terrible. <laughs> the, they're all bad artists. <laughs> like, it's not good. It's not a good uh, thing at all. Uh, but you can tell that Freddie Prince Jr. is really into it, and he is just magnified by no, it's not. Rachel he Lee Cook. He looks terrified by it. Yeah, but he's magnified by her because she's wearing like a shirt that's kind of see through, I think. And, Stop. Uh, well, that's pretty much what he's looking at, though. Am I right? And then, so am then I right? He get, so then he's like, okay, it's time to go up. We have a new person here, which, I, like, he, everybody knows he's there, so he's got to go up there. And he does this thing. It's 1999. I mean, I think we're still even ninety nine. I think we're past the hacky sack trend. I, don't I think, think so. No, we're not. No. Okay. Well, I think we were still on it. He goes up there and he's just doing a hacky sack on his foot, and he's like, "Can't let it drop." Oh, you got the audio? It goes on for a while. Uh, My God, why? Play is it? It? I'm not gonna I play s- all of it. I'll. That's so bad. I'll. Uh, awkward silence. More awkward silence third in the movie right here waiting for him to do this hacky sack the thumping is him flicking this back hacky sack. <clears throat> okay i'm gonna fast forward he's just kicking the hacky sack Drop. more kicking everyone's count on you sack Forward some more. Oh, must be end. It's terrible. Oh my god. But hold on. Oh no. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I want to get. God, this scene is awful. Yeah, it's bad. Some heavy breathing. Sooner or later, it has to drop. Oh my god, they just made that last. As as long as they possibly could. They need to stretch the movie out. This is that's horror. I didn't feel it when I was watching the I movie. I think when they got to ninety minutes, they were so pumped in the editing room. They're like, <gasps> Woo, we did it! And they're like, Oh, we got more. Let's try to get five more minutes in. Oh, Harvey and Bob are going to be so happy with us. So happy. While they're up there trying to rape a lady, we're getting this movie oh, to ninety-five minutes. Oh, buddy, we was it both of them? <laughs> it's just Harvey, I think. But Yikes. you know, like he didn't know. 
Like he didn't know. What were their names? Harvey and Harvey and Bob. So Bob was fine. Harvey was the bad yeah, one. Bob. That's a compl- complicity is a thing, don't you think? Complicit. Yeah, I'm just saying. Complicitness equals don't guilt. sue me, Bob. But you know, come oh, on, you Bob's coming at you hard, Tyler. You knew something, Bob. I know you knew something. Um, so the hacky sock. But what I was don't <laughs> let it drop. <gasps> so much heavy breathing. What I will say is that God. while terrible, it's still probably the best thing that that performance thing has ever they've ever seen. No, they've never seen anything no. better at this thing. Shut up. The dancing, the horrible slam poetry. This is like uh, they're like, and they're probably pissed off. It's like popular kids better at this than we are. The popular he just soccer made it up on the kid. fly. The soccer kid who is the third best GPA in the school. Okay, so that's the other thing. You got t- another West Wing guy, Tim Matheson, uh, John Hoynes, the vice president for a few seasons there. He is Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad, and he's in two scenes being like, where are you going to go to college? Where are you going to college? You got accepted into every Ivy League school in the country. What are you going to do? You got to go to the college I went to, which the dad I Actually, never says at any point, but there's this whole scene where Freddie Prince is like, "My dad wants me to go just to the college he wants to go to." He doesn't say the college. The dad never ever. No, I mean the dad never says that to him on screen. Oh. Well, they don't. It's yeah. just this made up story in his head, which I guess is kind of typical of teenagers. But it's so fucking obnoxious. Like I just don't care. Shut up. Well, it happened a little bit in uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. You wanted her, her yes, to go. Don't to confuse it though. UW. In this one, the dad was like, "Go wherever you want. Shut up. Just pick a school." Which just I agree with. Him. Make a decision. Pick You're one. missing deadlines. Yeah, that's like, oh, b- poor you. You could go to any school. Oh man, that's oh, a, whole, a horrible choice god. to make. Pick His a character. Pick a so lane. Awful. Oh my god, this is the worst. I, uh, I hate that. Okay, so then <laughs> they've they've uh, remodeled her. <laughs> she went to a remodeled party. Remodeled her. Yeah, she went to a party. And she took her glasses off. So then they say like they, I was gonna say Roger makes comments like oh you can see why you, why don't why do we wear glasses you can see your eyes you know what you can see when people have fucking glasses they're fucking eyes <laughs> you can see their eyes when they're people that wear glasses you can actually see their eyes if we were filming this on a YouTube channel right now you would have seen me just take off my glasses yes but I'm saying pretty certain I just went from an eight all the way up to a nine. I think you stayed exactly the same because I can see your eyes in both cases. It doesn't make a difference. Contacts or don't. Look, you want contacts because they're comfortable and you like, you personally like it, great. Have contacts. But if you want to wear glasses, your beauty is not being affected. It's stupid. And I don't understand why we're steep. Like, in 1999, like, we should know better than this in 1999. So, it's blah, blah, blah. Lots of bad, terrible things happen. I gotta, I gotta touch on uh, one other terrible thing. I don't, related, I hate this movie so much, I don't even want to talk about related it Related to that beach volleyball scene, you get an extended sequence where everybody's at the beach, right? It's color-coded, color-corrected incorrect. Like, it's oh, wrong. It's very orange. That. The whole thing, I don't know if it's just, like, the DVD transfer but Which could be. It's outside, and it looks awful. It looks like they, they like didn't color correct it. It Weird. does not look like the rest of the movie looks. Of course you would pick up and on that. And it sticks out like so much, and it's a terrible scene. And then that's when they go to the... I think they go to the Dooley Hills party after that. Oh, that's also the scene where like Paul Walker's like, oh, she's got a nice rack. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So then, like... Matthew Lillard gets to go and do a dance. Talking about and it, and then they, and then he's out of the movie forever because he doesn't have anything to do. But then he decides that he's gonna be real villainous and be like, "Hey, I'm I like Lainey now because you made her pretty, so I'm gonna try to take her out to the prom and stuff like that." He like blows it for him and says like, "Oh." 
don't you think we should just give up this bet thing? Like, he, he like, reveals the bet to her, like... Yeah. In that way, so he can, I like... I tried to tell you that the bet, or whatever he said, It's so yeah. stupid, and it's, like, poorly... Like, if Lenny Boggs... she freaks out. Well, if she had a brain, like, she would know that he was such a bad actor, and you wouldn't know. Like, it was obviously his idea, because the guy's such a meathead. But, I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead, I'm really not, but it's such a terrible character. Um, but, yeah, like, so then we have to have this whole extended sequence where he takes her... Paul Walker takes her to the prom and is like, I, I really care about you, or I'm trying to care about you. And, I mean, who could care? We know he's bad. Mm-hmm. And we know it's going to go poorly. And then the way it's revealed that this – it takes – Rachel Lee Cook has basically one scene where she actually gets to be a person where she says, like, am I a bet? Am I a fucking bet? Yeah, great use of the F-bomb. They're one F-bomb they get, That right? was pretty great. But then she storms off, but then she, like, just goes back to placating uh, Paul Walker's character. They go to the prom – uh, there's another character we've not mentioned because it doesn't. Who could care? It's Eldon Henson, who's in your Daredevil, another one of those Netflix shows. Nice. He's like the friend of Lainey who likes to eat a lot because he's a little bit, you know, not super thin like the rest of everybody else in the he's movie. He's a little bit chubby. He's eating food in every scene he's in. What uh, a fatso! They don't call him. He's not gay, but like they, it's like if it was made in 2003, he'd just be the gay character because they just need to have this character that's here to talk to her. But he's like her friend, and it. It's just so thinly written. I'm not trying to be like facetious about it. I'm just saying like it's a, it's not a character. Oh, he he does show up in Luke Cage for a few scenes. Oh, does he? Cool. I like that mm-hmm. actor. I like him as an actor. I have no. I I like him in general. But he has nothing to do in this movie no. except for that he has a scene at the end where him and Anna Paquin like like each other for some reason because like oh here's two marginalized characters we can put together at the end for some happiness. But anyway, he's always eating and he hears Paul Walker in the bathroom. He's taking a shit. <sighs> he's in the stall and he hears. Uh, Paul Walker being villainous, and he's like, oh no, I have to go tell my friend Lainey? No. Your friend Lainey, you don't know Freddie Prince Jr. Paul Walker's basically saying, I got a hotel room, oh, and yeah. I'm going to try to take her virginity tonight. Okay, so we have so many problems with this, but number let's get the one thing out of the way, is that he runs out of the bathroom, Eldon Henson, to go tell Freddie Prince Jr., but he doesn't wash his hands. He doesn't wash his hands. He just storms out of that stall. Gross. That's really gross. He was shitting in there and wiping his ass. And he had to touch everything to he get He probably half-wiped because he's trying to go He fast. did not finish wiping, for sure. And so, then you're telling me Anna Packham was into that? Nuh-uh. Mm-mm. He was smelling. Nasty. He smelled like shit. But then the fact that he doesn't go to his friend, who's Lainey Boggs. And straight to her. He goes to Freddie Prince Jr. to, like, say, like, oh, man, you got to stop this from happening. You know what? Yeah, like, fuck you. Why don't you just come tell me? And Okay. And also... Now like, I need some man to save me. If he wants... It's... Okay, fine. It's bad that he got a hotel room and was presumptuous, right? But if she's on the date with him... And, and she knows where they're going, and she consents to it, who the fuck cares? If she wants to go to the hotel with him, And fuck what? him, then that's her fucking choice. It's her fucking choice. You blew it, Freddie Prince. Now, he's lying to her. I get that. But, like, she's able to decide whether she wants to sleep with them. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like... She doesn't need a knight in shining armor to come protect her. It's such her. bullshit. And then we have to have this running... I mean, it, it is deflated in that we don't get that confrontation. Mm-hmm. And we get a sequence at the end where uh, Ray, Lainey Boggs tells Freddie Prince Jr. Like, oh, yeah, he tried something, but I've got a bullhorn. Mm-hmm. But why can't we see that scene? How come we can't see her actually, like, be the one in charge? It always has to be, like, 
in support of Freddie Prince well, Jr.'s art. Well, I think they were afraid of um, going over their time limit. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But they don't let her do anything besides saying, I'm a fucking bet. She doesn't get... Even her dad, Kevin Pollock's like, there's a scene where this is like, I need you to like go to the prom and be a kid. Like, you're always taking care of us. And I'm just like, where the fuck did this come from? She's fine. She's doing just fine with her friends. She's now a popular kid at school. She doesn't want to go to the fucking prom. Like, who cares? She's doing fine. She's doing great in art. She's, She's helping you. She's getting a scholarship. Why She's are you pushing her? Yeah, lay it's, off. It's, it's an unnecessary scene, and it's just more of this, like, let's make all the good man characters make comments and let this character just listen to advice and follow what everybody else do about it. It's super frustrating. And the fact that the only thing that she gets to do is say, I'm a fucking Beck, and then run off without actually confronting it more. And then the confrontation where she's supposed to have Paul Walker is off screen. And then the sudden forgiveness of Freddie Prince Jr., who, listen, him and Paul Walker equally bad they both made the bet they because sure he did. felt they both fell for her if you have to believe that paul walker was trying to get with her maybe just for sex i don't know but he was playing it on pretty thick right i'm just saying they're, they're both pretty bad shitheads equal shitheads and just because totally. he put some lights up i don't even think he put the lights up so they makes this like the, like you said so the either. makeshift scene like, we're going to have her prom in the backyard. It's next to the pool or whatever. And by the way, they always make fun of the dad for being a pool guy. He owns a business. Like, he's making every... He owns a business. They have a nice house and a nice pool. Just saying. Doing yeah. fine. Doing just fine in that pool business. So then, like, there's lights on it. Like, they, I think they were trying to insinuate that maybe he had something to do with it, but I don't think he did. I think they just went in the backyard and, like, the Kieran Culkin turns on the lights or something like that. And then we get this stupid shitty line of... That was in the trailers of like, oh, I feel just like Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman, except for that hooker part. Oh, I fucking hated that line of dialogue in the trailers that was on a thousand times, and it's stupid in the movie. Who could care? Why does she say that? Why does she even give him a minute of her time? Because she's supposed to, because he was a good guy at heart, and he can't let everything drop. He can't let the balls drop. Uh, the hacky sacks. That's the thing. He has, like, no character depth. And the character depth you get of his, of him is him being a whiny little bitch. Yeah, or talking really, like, negatively about women and how he likes to monkey with them. Oh, God. It's he terrible. He's worthless. It's awful. There, and then there's this nonsense of, like, he still loses the bet, and they're okay with that, and he's got to walk naked at the graduation. That's Which the also would never be fucking he's allowed. He's sitting there naked the whole time. Like, that's not going to happen. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Also, he's thinking about, like, there's an offhand line about, like, I think I'm going to go to art school. Freddie Prince Jr., fuck you. Shut You're up. You're going to go to one of those Ivy League schools, you little... Well, come stop it. Just what are shut you doing? up. Take some, you know what? Minor in art at Harvard and be cool and get, like, your Harvard degree that's paid for. What's wrong with you? Yeah. I guess in one way, this movie does capture how fucking stupid teenagers are. Well, yeah, but it glorifies it too, which I don't, this mm-hmm. is the problem with these 90s uh, comedy, with the exception of the one we talked about in the previous episode, 10 Things I Hate About You, it at least It still trying. had a lot of problems. It does, but at least, it's, at least it's, it's being smarter about its script and it's giving us characters that are actually kind of funny and dynamic, whereas this has none of that. There's no character here that, step, that, that breaks out of its, its two-dimensionality at all. I hate it. Why do people, why was this a hit? Why do people still like it? I don't understand. Why couldn't this movie be called 10 Things I Hate About This Movie? Now, I think that some of this residual uh, love for it does come from the fact that they made that movie not another teen movie, which was the spoof movie, which was actually one of the funnier of these spoof movies. 
and it uses a lot of movies, but it really uses She's All That as an anchor it's of so what it is. so easy. So many easy targets in this movie. Right, and Chris Evans is in it, which is kind of funny now to look back on that. And, uh, yeah, I think that some of this residual love of She's All That kind of might be coming from, like, that parody movie being, like, better than it deserved to be. Or did it come from all of us watching it when we were teenagers and were stupid and were, like, buying and drinking the Kool-Aid and, like... Yeah, I could be that girl. Like, I could get made over. If someone would just take off my glasses and put me in a pretty dress, maybe the popular smart guy would like me. And maybe, and then, here's a hot take. Kind of give her not as good of a haircut. I think her hair looked better before. Um, so her hair was short during filming. She had to wear extensions for the 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 long hair scenes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why the hair. There's a couple better. scenes where her hair looks real good, short, and then oh, there's yeah. a couple scenes where it looks kind of bad. You really, it's kind of one of those situations where you really gotta like uh, you gotta style it, style it. Otherwise, right it's not looking great. Like I'm not. Listen, I'm, my point is that she was pretty beforehand. <laughs> like there's nothing about her that was like a negative, other than yeah. that she tripped that one time and she likes art. Also, I just want to mention that, real quick. This is the other thing that drove me crazy. They're at the prom, right? And we know that she's a great artist. But, like, like, the movie forgot that they were, like, they were, were trying to give her a character in that her art teacher comes up to her at the prom and is like, hey, you're painting Wanna Thing. And it's just like, oh, good for you. Why the fuck can you tell me in class Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday Friday, Friday, we're at the prom. What are we talking about it now for? You didn't just get the news. It's like, oh, I've been looking everywhere for you. It's like, oh, I wasn't fucking class? Oh, it's so frustrating. So stupid. <laughs> So stupid. This is how I get I get lost when I'm already angry with the movie. Then I'm just like, what is going on? So what I'd like to do is travel back in time mm-hmm. and tell teenage Angela, fuck this movie. Did fuck you- this concept that, like, you have to be, like, a certain way and you can't just be, like, yourself. Because you I think... S- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I watched this in high school and I, I bought this hook, line, and sinker of, like, fantasizing about just you know being turned into the popular girl and i think a lot of my friends did and i think a lot of us loved this movie for that reason and then now looking back on it, it's just like it's embarrassing like i'm embarrassed yeah i don't i don't i didn't see it in a the theater but i this is one that would eventually i saw like on video during high school yeah and i don't think i liked it then because i whatever i just didn't like it but i don't think it has a very good message on a lot of fronts I think it really, like... Of course you didn't, like, it had zero characters for you to relate to at all. Well, that was chubby kid eat yeah pizza. like you're the like, chubby kid who has a big pile of shrimp at prom what chub- the fuck I wasn't chubby but like that's like the the, the type or whatever we're supposed to like mm-hmm. think. but i just don't i think that it's like giving a it, not only is it giving women nothing other than being like you could get done over and be you can get out saved the, by a popular man but i don't think the message to like to boys is good either it's oh like, hell no oh everything's about sex but like as long as you're like you're open about your feelings like Women will just forgive you, and you're cool. You can be be a piece of shit so long as you pretend to like a girl. Yeah, and I just don't think the, like, I I don't know. Like, I don't, there's, yeah, there's nothing to latch on to. There's just none of that, none of these characters make any sense to me. Like, they don't, they don't feel real in any kind of way. They don't feel popular in any kind of real way. They feel, like, very insulated. I don't feel like anybody in the school gives a shit about them. And yet they somehow end up getting voted... 54 46 is it like 10 people voting and then no one else gives a shit or what's going on because i don't know what does is usher get a vote who did he vote for is he a student is usher a student or is he working there i don't know (laughs) (laughs) 
Is he just like the DJ of the campus, or does he? Does he? I mean, I don't know. Is he even supposed to be in high school? I don't know. I don't know if he's even supposed to be in high school. I think we need to explore this. He doesn't in, have any in, friends. In another entire uh, episode of Old Millennials, remember Usher. This is this is great. I don't know if Usher's been in a lot of movies other than this, and he's in Pop Star, and he's great oh, in Pop Star, so but good. he's in like a minute, but. I mean, only in a minute of this. You're asking a really good question, and I want to say no. He's not going to school here. Mm-hmm. He's the DJ. He's like tw- he's like 32. But he's he's got all the information about all the popular kids. He's talking he about who's going to be going to. Oh, there any bugs? Is there going to be Laney or is it going to be Taylor? And then he's like, oh, they broke up. Oh, sorry there, Taylor. There's another thing with the the, the popular girl who's dating Matthew Lillard ex ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. where she's like trying to she doesn't like Elaine Boggs because she's moving in on her his her man or who gives a shit but she insults her being like about like something about the yearbook oh you know what Roger Eber had a comment about that oh good funny I hear that it. you should mention that interesting interesting let's see let's see let's see I, I have a feeling his thoughts gonna be a little bit different than mine but uh I'd love to hear it. Yeah, fill the space here while I'm searching. Oh, fill the here. space. I was going to fill the space with okay. my thing, but now I don't want to. Okay, so here he goes. He goes. He goes. Okay. Moments, blah, 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 blah. Oh, he's talking about a couple scenes that happen in the background. Um, consider, for example, the scene where Zach seeks Lainey in the fast food joint where she works. We didn't talk about that scene at all. Yeah. Uh, McDonald's would be too much of a cliche. This is a Middle Eastern franchise. Would you like to supersize those falafel balls? Consider a scene that plays in the foreground while Lainey's dad is watching Jeopardy in the background and shouting out the answers. To a question about the printer of the most famous Bible in history, he shouts out Hewlett Packard. I couldn't quite catch the question for which he answered the answer is Lou Rawls and the correct answer is the Pope. Moments like that are almost better than the movie deserves. Mm-hmm. So is the way the movie treats Taylor, the villainess, who treats who tries to seduce the vain Brock while he's watching himself on TV and she's told to stop getting spit on his chest. And although it's obligatory to have a party scene in which the bad girl humiliates the good girl by pouring something down her dress, I liked the way Taylor told Lainey she was a waste of perfectly good yearbook space. High school movies never seem that convincing to me, maybe because all the students seem to be in their 20s and their third and don't have zits. Freddie Prince Jr. learns from blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I, that's a good point about Kevin Pollock, the, the Jeopardy thing. It's kind of like a weird side thing that's kind of funny. It was, purposely... it was funny. Okay, great. It, I'll give it well, one You joke. had 28 seconds of humor. I Yay. like I like the Matthew Lillard's like vainness of watching. I actually kind of like that scene, too, where he's watching himself on the real world, and she's like trying to like basically sleep with him, and he's like, oh, I, yeah. could have, I could not care. Funny, again, it does nothing to do with the movie. Like, who could care? So the yearbook thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're a waste of perfectly good yearbook space. I think this is a lazy diss because, hear me out, you got everybody's little picture in the yearbook, right? And that's a few of the pages, most of the pages, right? And then you get all these other pictures of, like, activities that are going on, people in the hallways, things like that. These are mostly filmed by students or photographed by students. In the yearbook club or right. yearbook class. Right. They're amateur photographers. They're yeah. high school kids. Yeah. I've had yearbooks. I've seen a lot of these pictures. I've seen a lot of wasted space in those pictures. <laughs> There's so much extra space. There's no center of so many of the pictures that end up. Like I'm, I'm always wondering. Like, what did they not have any other photos to put in this thing? Some of these photos are bad. Like there's just so much like you get one person in one corner and then it just be a bunch of white blank space where it would be. There's no dynamic. There's no contrast to the image. 
that's a waste of yearbook space is letting the photographers have be drunk with power than not being more selective in the choices versus someone's little picture in there. That's perfect. That, I mean, they're filling when you, when you're just talking about a straight yearbook picture that's filling the frame almost boringly. So counterpoint, it's a maybe she has filled the yearbook with dumb art. We don't know that because pictures. we're not getting that detail. No, they don't put like art have, kids things in there. Have your books changed since we were in high school? I don't know, but now with do like they even smartphones and stuff. Maybe there's more pictures when they submit them. I would suppose. I suppose maybe people like submit the pictures and they get in there, but. No, they're not putting – are you kidding me? They're not putting art kids in the yearbook in the first place. They might get one little page of, like, art club. You know what my experience is? That the kids in yearbook mm-hmm. were typically the kids in, let's say, uh, art, debate, They could be. Band. Depends. And so it's like whoever was friends with the kids in yearbook, that's who filled the fucking yearbook Exactly. Pages. Getting to my point of being real lazy in the photography. They're just like, oh, I got a picture of my friend. They're not even, like, filling their hour to get the... What are they doing all year? And okay, Fucking around. That's the whole point of glasses. Like and then yearbook. we all know, like, I remember, they were like, I wasn't in the yearbook, but they said, like, oh, we got to get that thing to the printer because we, we have to turn ours in by, like, December, which is ridiculous. But, like... December? What like, are you talking about? They, they'd have to get that yearbook done really early. No, they wouldn't. Yes, they had to get most of it done. I remember this. They Someone would say, like, it had to get done or whatever. So then, okay, maybe it's not December. Maybe it's March. Whatever, okay? My point is, is like, what the fuck are they doing in April and May and, like, the first part of June in class? They're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very good diss is all I'm saying. I'd be like... I've seen the compositions in this yearbook, bitch. Hey, and uh, before, I don't think... <laughs> before we wrap up... Oh, okay. Because we're we're hitting into the hour 15 mark here. On um, this I, movie? I... <laughs> we're going to meet... We're going to get to the length of the movie. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, for sure. We, well, if they didn't add, like, a couple scenes, we've already been there, but... For sure. So, I'd like to uh, welcome everyone to a little segment I like to call tea time with tyler would you like a spot of tea (laughs) sure okay so here we go you have until the time i finish filling up my mug my teacup with hot water um to answer some questions called tea time with tyler so this movie is called can't hardly wait no it's not it's called (laughs) she's all that you know it's It's not called that And I, that's funny because you've been doing it all week. You know, <laughs> we watched this movie like four yeah. days ago, and you have not gotten the name right the first time, one time. I know. Even today at work, I was like, I'm going to go home tonight and record a podcast of Can't Hardly Wait. And then I go, wait, no. She's all that. I think we should just do Can't Hardly Wait next. I think so, too. <laughs> um, and my friend at work was like, oh, I was. it's funny because when you said Can't Hardly Wait, what popped into my head was She's All That. So it's a thing. <laughs> what is Can't Hardly Wait even about? Well, you'll find out very soon because we're doing back to the school ones. We didn't even mention that at the beginning of the thing. We're doing back the well, we're doing all these school ones. Yeah. For September. We sure are. This has been a great moment for me matter. to stall while I come up with what I'm going to do. You didn't ask know what you're going to do for Tea Time with Tyler? Still don't. Still thinking so about it. So a little it history on Tea Time with Tyler. Uh, historically, very bad at this. <laughs> Uh, but who's, last week... Who's bad? I'm bad? No, me. Yeah, you are Because you don't give me any context, and I don't know what's going to happen, and I stutter up, and I lose concentration, and I'm not able to do it. I but, don't know what's going to happen. But last week, on 10 Things I Hate About You, I crushed it. Do you remember what I asked you about 10 Things? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 10 Things I Liked About the Movie? I don't know. That might have been it. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, 10 Things does, I Liked About 10 Things I Hate About You. Sound right. So, going off of our back-to-school theme and talking about that movie, Tyler, please share with me 10 things you hate about She Can't Hardly Wait. 
She's all that. <laughs> She's all sure, that. I'll be happy to. Whatever the fucking name of this movie is. Sure, I'll be happy to. Ten things you hate about this movie, and let's go. The first minute. The second minute. Stop. The stop, third stop, minute. Stop. The fourth minute. That doesn't count. The fifth minute. No, fail. The sixth minute. Eh, eh, try. I want actual things. Freddie Prince's absolute dickishness without consequence. Rachel Lee Cook's lack of character. Matthew Lillard not having anything to do with the actual plot. Dulé Hill's underutilization. Gabrielle Union's underutilization. Kevin Pollock's underutilization. Why is Anna Paquin in this movie? Why is Paul Walker getting a free pass because he's dead? It's a bad performance. They are awful, awful people. The dance sequence is stilted and doesn't make any sense. Usher is working he, he might as well be the janitor of the school which I think might be a little bit racist and they shouldn't do that but I'm just saying I think he's working there and he doesn't actually go anywhere uh, the rap in the middle of the thing again we're padding the running time okay I don't know if I got 10 I think I about burned myself cares <laughs> so to sum up today's episode if we go another 10 minutes I would say that we could make like well we just get to 90 minutes and then this podcast not a good podcast. It would still be great podcast. We could replace it in the the world if they we just dropped out. She's all at the movie, and it just disappeared from the universe. And this became that. I it would be fine. I don't think anything no, would happen. No, it wouldn't Tyler. No one would know what we're talking about. I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> it's like one of those Doc Brown time <laughs> paradox things. I get, I get what you're saying now that you mention it. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening to us today. Um, join us for our next episode. And as always, if you enjoy the show and think um, anyone else might also enjoy it, head on over to iTunes. 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 That's where you leave reviews for podcasts. Is iTunes, iTunes, and leave us a uh, leave us a good review. And we have like 50 good reviews now, don't we? Yes, you know it. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Old Millennials Remember Movies. We're on Instagram or Twitter, right? Yeah, some of those things, whatever you like to do Okay. here in 2018. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening to us, and we'll talk at you another movie.